Welcome to our first ever Morning Meadows podcast. Yeah! Woo! Ladies, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad, baby. It's been a long time since we actually saw each other face to face. Yeah, since I've actually been... I can't remember the last time I was in a room with a human, to be perfectly frank. That's new and exciting for Dinny, who's me, by the way. Hi, I'm Dinny. And I'm Bunny. And uh, we're those cute little avatar drawings that you see on your screen. Hers is cute. Mine is wall-eyed, just <laughs> like real life. <laughs> so we were we became friends uh, a little while back, uh, what ten years ago? About about yeah yeah, yeah. Um, through volunteering with the conservative party in our area, and we both had a really big passion for politics, and it kind of just sort of clicked. Yeah, and time over the ta- uh, past 10 years, I'd say that both of us have been on very interesting journeys in terms of our personal politics, our career in politics, and uh, we've hit a point now where both of us feel that we've had the experience and the education and sort of the wherewithal to at least be able to talk about these kinds of subjects. I'm not saying we're going to be right about these kinds of subjects, I'm just saying we're going to hopefully uh bring some of our own experience to the table. Yeah, and just different perspectives, especially as females, and and especially in conservative politics, we've had really interesting experiences. And I want to point out now that I am not involved in any party as of right now, and I don't identify uh, with either party on right, left. I always identified personally as being quite socially liberal, if not libertarian, and fiscally conservative but the last few years has seen me go through some changes and so I think that's going to be fun too is us getting to have these talks <laughs> traitor <laughs> I still volunteer. It's what I do is betray <laughs> I still volunteer a little bit here and there and uh and still involved in politics but um like very much so a libertarian I believe in freedom but I also believe that you know everybody has human rights and when we say a libertarian, um, just so you know, we're not talking about sort of the modern debate bro libertarian kind of guys. Um, more of the, oh God, I even, I ever, why, is it just me or is every single political phrase just absolutely ruined? Like libertarianism's been ruined by people who claim to be libertarians who are dicks. Liberalism's ruined by people who claim that they're liberals and then don't do anything liberal. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's just... Sometimes I think that people throw out words just so that they have a place yeah. that they know that they belong, but is it really? Well, that's why I've stopped. It's because I find that you, if you identify yourself, if you label yourself, then you get lumped in with every person in that group. You are self-identifying with that group. You are communicating things that you like and don't like, even if that isn't where you actually stand. And so that's why I'm preferring to just talk about the ideas over assigning myself a label. And for my libertarian bent, it's more of the old live and let live mantras. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm kind of, I don't know, I volunteer. It's fun. I like the people. Oh, yeah, that thing too, right. Yeah, Yeah, the whole whole social element where you get to meet a bunch of really cool, amazing people. Yeah. And saw a bunch of really horrible, terrible people. (laughs) That too, but then, you know, you you meet people. But mostly great people, I have to say. Yeah, well, and you also, you you meet people like you. 
Yeah. I think maybe that's partly why I don't like people like me. I'm over me. I've, I'm, I live with me. I'm with me all the time. I don't need to spend time with people like me. I want something different. Especially with COVID. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think we should probably start with the meat and, you know, of this podcast. So right now we're sort of in a place where we're not totally sure how this is going to look, how it's going to be structured, what it is we're going to be tackling, how academic it's going to be. So we're going to be playing a little bit by ear. Anyone is listening to this, then please leave us comments and thoughts that things that you'd like us to talk about. But today we decided we wanted to start out with the big cue itself. Yeah, the big topic that's going around lately that you hear about. And especially in conservative politics, I feel that QAnon is something that a lot of people on the right wing are kind of avoiding talking about. They're trying to downplay. They're trying to act like, oh, they don't represent us. They're not a part of us and push them away. But, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. (laughs) It's a complicated relationship. (laughs) With Q. Cults are like that. (laughs) They are. So before we start out... um, I just want to let you guys know, I am a total and complete history nerd. I have a degree in military strategics that is a, on a historical base and poli-sci. So, and I dropped out of university in my third year. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, university is kind of overrated. But anyways, to start off, we are going to do a little bit of Bunny's History Burrow. It's a segment on this show where I talk about history <laughs> so it's what aptly named at that yes oh, kind of evident so uh we're going to kind of talk about the satanic panic which sort of a precursor isn't it to yeah. the modern hysteria and paranoia we see in i think so i think it's a good parallel for sure and we can compare and contrast absolutely so it's kind so of- everyone get paper and pencil we will be taking tests <laughs> we will be requiring graphs and that you show your work Oh, and stats. Yes. And stats. So the Satanic Panic was a t- period, it was kind of in the 1980s, um, kind of grew into the 90s, but uh, people were really concerned about these Satanic cults that were going around. And But were they going around, or did people just think they were going around? Well, and that's the <laughs> thing. Like, they were particularly fearful of Satanists, and... Mostly because they... I feel very attacked right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a Satanist. She just came to me. She's like, wait, what? (laughs) I need to go to my priest. We're um, targeting children both physically and psychologically. Um, And so, you know, it fell under the sway of supposable satanic influencers that were famous. And the people believed that if they didn't stay vigilant, they'd be basically condoning their children to satanic rituals. And so they were trying to um, track down these cults. But eventually, um, there wasn't really any evidence that they actually existed. That was the weird thing. Well, it would be weird if it weren't for the fact that they didn't exist. So the fact that there was no sign of their existence, some would say, (laughs) was strong evidence of their lack of existence. Well, you know, common sense isn't always common. So the judge, there was a judge, and they ended up throwing out the case because not because they were... And this was the specific... I, I'll 
uh, we had talked about this case before, and I'm so freaking old that I actually vaguely recall it. I was very young. But I was alive. No, yes, I know. You were pre-embryo. <laughs> but it was a case where a day, the daycare workers uh, got accused of uh, sexually assaulting and engaging in behavior with children who were at their daycare. And several children testified to this. Bear in mind, these are daycare age children. So we're talking like four, five at most. Uh, Very, very young. And afterwards, it was found that they had been fed these stories. They had been told these stories and basically were just repeating what they had been told. Wow. So the parents were doing it. The parents were doing it. And the only... Yeah, the parents were behind it as to whether or not the parents thought this had happened and had managed to convince their children that it had, or the parents were trying to, I don't know, woke up one morning and thought, let's ruin our daycare worker's life. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure what the motivation was. But... Why would you do that? Like, I mean, your daycare worker, you put up a couple pentagrams, next thing you know, people are accusing you of being a Satanist. Jeez. No wonder I got fired. No, I'm kidding. The doctor gave... <laughs> So the doctor basically, the, this judge, told didn't think that they were necessarily innocent. But the reason that the case got thrown out was because the doctor didn't, his physical evidence, he took back, which is kind of odd. So it kind of makes you think originally if it actually did occur, if, like, why would he take back his evidence? But well, he, he wouldn't, is, I think, the yeah. answer. And... The satanic panic, it was definitely anyone who was around at the time remembers that all the procedural cop shows and stuff like that would always have like a Satanist episode. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to solve some sort of weird mystery around satanic cults. And definitely the, as around that time, I think that the church attendance was going down. Uh, overall religiosity, if that's even a word, I might just be making it up, in society had started to fall. And so people who were Christian were starting to get nervous or uh, nervous around this. And as to why exactly Satanists, I'm not sure. But I know that when you go back in time, you see these narratives popping up again and again and again. And it's sometimes it's Satanists and sometimes it's the Jewish people. And sometimes it's there's always a new group, same crimes, new witch hunt, new witch hunt. And, and the thing is, like, often there's zero, zero evidence, and many people go to prison, face trial, or even, you know, public outrage, you know, the public judicial system, as I call it on Facebook. Yeah, that's right. And I think it is important to note that lack of evidence does not mean that a crime was not committed, of course. And that is the same for anyone, just because you don't have evidence of a crime being committed against you does not mean that that crime was not committed. Um, But especially something this size and this complexity Mm -hmm. is not something that slips under the radar. It is not something that you'd be able to get away with keeping secret and underground and everything. It's too big and it's too much. It would leave something behind somewhere, and there's just no way. Yeah. Well, it went as far as Christian churches panicking, accusing people of dark witchcraft, but then they would they created support groups for satanic abuse, supposedly. Um, whether that happened or not, I don't know. I just picture it like Fight Club, a bunch of people there going <laughs> yeah, right? to support groups for things that they didn't even need. <laughs> 
just they just want friends. They just want a community. <laughs> yeah. But you know, this whole movement with the satanic panic and churches, it kind of reminds me of populism. What do you think? Well, Populism in general. I, I will say quickly, though, going back, to, uh, just one last quick note before yeah. we leave off on the uh, Satanist thing. There's a podcast that recently came out on oh, yeah. if you are Canadian or have access to the interwebs, then you can uh, go check out a six season, uh, six episode podcast on the Satanic Panic. And we'll have that in the description below if you guys want to learn more about the ins and outs of this Really interesting history and moment and populism. Yeah, I'd say that populism, again, one of those words, overused, improperly used. And uh, it's been very much polluted at this point uh, from its original intent. The satanic scare, I think, was a form of populism. And I used to label myself a bit of a populist, as I mentioned before. So I'm used to people misunderstanding what that is when you talk to them it gets assigned to so many different groups and the way it's used in common usage uh not the same as its technical or academic meanings which is usually the case i find that words that have academic meaning once they hit the public they take on a sort of telephone life of their own and start to evolve into a new meaning i've seen it used pejoratively towards people Mm -hmm. uh for any movements that are sort of fringe, not outside the mainstream. And I do hate to see that because populism as a movement is key to a great deal of human rights causes. Yeah, yeah, I never thought of that. I've spent a lot of time in the academic world and I honestly, the whole evolving of terms is one of my biggest pet peeves. I don't know how many times I've had to explain what socialism actually is, um, even to my husband. So, <laughs> you know, populism is is an important movement, and you're right. It has a lot, even, you know, Black Lives Matter, um, you know, some of the environmental movements that we need. Is I all... would say the environmental movement has entirely been a populist yeah. movement for a very long time, and it's only been recently that we've had corporations and governments start to get on board with it which is a good thing yeah no that yeah good um so i i would say that it started in the 19th century and i think the most pinnacle part of populism and when it actually evolved like as a defined concept yeah a defined concept was during the american civil war and i find it super interesting that i always have thought that that's when it was its most um it came to be. And I think it's interesting that it started in America because Americans do populism best in some cases. <laughs> if I, <laughs> best, uh, the most, the most. Maybe. <laughs> maybe not the best. But most free. They're, they're, yeah. They're, oops, sorry. We're new to uh, sitting at this setup, by the way, if you hear bumps and creaks, it's because we're getting used to this microphone and recording. And so we we're also, sorry. We also have a cat in the meadow. So if you hear some meowing, if you hear screaming, it is not a dying baby. It is my deaf cat. <laughs> She's really lucky. <laughs> no, she's not. What are you talking about? <laughs> I like her. We have a mutual bond. I stay away from her and she stays away from me. How true love. <laughs> um, so anyways, getting back to what we were talking oh, about. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Populism. Oh, populism. What is that? Uh, the whole, yeah, the Civil War. And I think the Civil War is a really good example of populism and how it can be used 
for good, but also how it can be used for bad and how it can be corrupted to uh, take propaganda and use it to get into people's heads, to change their minds and convince them that they believe in something that is absolutely ridiculous or even that maybe they wouldn't have believed in if in a different headspace. Oh, totally. And like, it's a time period where, you know, conversation around people's role in government really formed. And often populism is that kind of them versus us theme that we see so often. Mm -hmm. And so I think because there was that defining line in the American Civil War between two groups. Right. Um, I think that is where, and also the whole, you know, um, slavery issue also mm-hmm. had um, some forms of populism involved in it. it. Well, actually, the slavery one, if I may, you push may push back a little. Yeah, push back as on you that. Um, I feel like the populist movement during that time was based around the um, states wanting to separate, the ones that wanted to leave and keep slaves and rob them of, continue robbing them of their human rights. Um, And in fact, uh, I would argue that in the North, the idea of going to battle with their brothers over slavery was a joke. They were like, we don't want to. We don't care. We are not interested. And a lot of people really weren't. Most of them really weren't. It sort of seemed during World War II how a lot of people didn't like what Hitler was doing, but they kind of didn't have a huge problem with the Holocaust part of what he was doing. And it kept a lot of people out of it. Unfortunately, populism, I think, can end up being, like I said, exploited so that you end up supporting the wrong side. Yeah, I think it's really easy to get swept up in propaganda. Like, if you think about it, um, even in the Second World War, Hitler had, Hitler's kids, they used to call them. And they were children that, they would pretty much pump propaganda. Oh, you mean the Hitler Youth? Yeah, Hitler Youth. Yeah, that was Youth. Yeah. (laughs) Give her, try that one again. (laughs) Sorry, it's a little early in the morning. I've been up since five. Um, But yeah, it, it, even that, like, to indoctrinate and brainwash kids um, in an almost populist way is a negative thing that, you know, goes on. And I think, that when people think of populism, I think that they think of the negative side of populism, mostly because it's the loudest part of populism. Right, the sense. extreme. The extreme is always loud, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, sorry, I'm just uh, lost my place there. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, the movement doesn't have to be virtuous or correct. There just has to be a lot of people behind it. And if you know how to game the system and you know how to work people, if you can convince people of something, you can create a populist movement it is something that can be manufactured Mm -hmm. if you know how to pull the right strings and move the right knobs on human beings on uh, media and i think that that's something that we've seen the republicans do for quite a while now (laughs) well yeah you know look at trump (laughs) uh yeah it's an example of someone corrupting the term of populism absolutely the ultimate elitist scum. Well, and I think understanding populism and its effects is central into combating its appeal and why people end up following it. And I always felt that in history, especially when you look at 
I guess I'm going to call them negative populist mm. movements. Okay. Because there's positive ones like environmentalism, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you could argue Black Lives Matter uh, yeah. began as a populist movement. At this point, I would say it's mainstream. Yeah, and it's mainstream now, which is over. which good. Which yeah. is good because you know. Please. Yeah, please, please, please end racism. <laughs> please think that Black Lives Matter people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like it drives me freaking crazy. So, um, yeah, but in history, you know, with these negative kind of populist movements. Just like the satanic panic, you see these... Um, you see a foundation, I think, in fear in those movements. Yeah, like with pedophilia, sex trafficking, of course, cannibalism. Well, naturally. Naturally, because that goes on in life. Um, and that whole enemy-savior narrative complex that... Right. I think that's why some... I don't know how many political pundits you watch, uh, my lovely Bun Bun, but I do enjoy them from all over the spectrum to get an idea of uh, who's thinking what and why. And I can't help but notice with the conservative pundits, there is a real obsession with basic films, films with a good guy and a bad guy, Star Wars, Marvel, Thanos, Endgame, they constantly bring them up. Constantly. And it's the simplicity of their view of the world. It's the black and white view of the world that they have. God forbid there's a gray area. Yeah, it's it's just that, you know, those guys are evil and these guys are good. And I will say, like, both sides do that. Both sides definitely demonize the other. Um I just feel like one side maybe is earning it a little bit more than the other. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, we've already kind of, you know, chatted about populist movements. So I'm just going to give like a few examples before we go into this uh, QAnon discussion. So I would argue Hitler, Stalin, um, if you're from Canada, the Reform Party with Preston Manning. Oh, God, there's a deep cut. I don't know how many people who aren't Canadian would know that one. Well, you know. Well, he is he's, he is a populist. It, it, it was definitely a populist party. Oh, yeah. So uh, NDP started as a populist party, I would say, as well. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say Jason Kenney in <laughs> Alberta is a populist. Would you argue that? I would argue that, but you know what? We're not going to bore the non-Albertans with that kind of chat right now. They do not care. So we'll, what about Trump? Future day, I'm making a note. <laughs> <laughs> what about Trump? What about him? I think he's a populist. I think that... I don't think he is a populist. I think he presents himself as a populist. And what do you mean by that? I mean that he doesn't do a goddamn thing to actually help the people. No. That when he was in power, he could care less about actually doing the things that he talked about that weren't based in the scare tactic elements of his platform, like building the wall and the immigrants and all that all kind of stuff. The caravans coming. The caravans. Uh, and I no mean, evidence of that actually occurring. I, uh, it's in the same place as all the evidence of the satanic cults. Absolutely. They're all in one place, one big room like Indiana Jones at the end. Well, in Theodore Roosevelt, because he had a lot of like anti-big business policies, Margaret Thatcher, Woodrow Wilson, I would argue, was a populist. Interesting. Okay. Because, well, because he, he had this like, this obsession with centralized government. And he also had antitrust legislation. He was really big into labor rights. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and yeah, he definitely had populist policies. Yeah, so. I would say, yeah, maybe yeah. that's more. Maybe and more, that's I think an important distinction. Just yeah. because someone has populist policies True. does not mean that they themselves are, are that that is their devotion is uh, to the populace to the people. Um, for example, it's been interesting watching these incredibly for America left wing things uh bills come through Mm -hmm. under joe biden like he's the most center non-populist like corporate uninteresting guy and to have something like basically the most left-wing stuff since franklin roosevelt and back in the day yeah come through under the most middle of the road guy is really it's i i'm sorry that's off topic but i just find it very interesting we call him average joe in our do you? Yeah. yeah. It pretty much is. Yeah. Um, so transitioning to, you know, what we're actually supposed to be talking about. QAnon. Ooh. Are you tired of hearing about them yet? Well, I'm a little tired of researching them. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. We just passed, uh, in terms of dates here, we went past March 4th, which was their latest TBD, big important day. Ooh. And as we know, it went down. Oh, it March all- 4th was madness. Oh. Insane. March Madness, they call it. Yeah, yeah. Years People... from now, children will wear masks and shed tears, as they recall it. <laughs> PTSD from something that didn't happen. Yeah, PTSD because it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what I love is seeing them on their uh, little chat rooms and things like that, going stuff like, "I'm starting to think that this Q guy has no idea what he's talking about." <laughs> no oh, shit. Yeah, I'm kidding. So some people. If you're not familiar and you're listening, um, can can you kind of tell us uh, a little tale about QAnon? Story time? Story time! Excuse me. (coughs) Okay. (laughs) So let's go back. Way back to October 28th, 2017. Tyler Perry's Boo 2, a Medea Halloween, is capturing the hearts of moviegoers. Slime and fidget spinners preoccupy the majority of brain capacity in anyone under 21, and Trump hasn't even been impeached once yet. In the dark annals of 4chan's poll dwelled a user who had so far been content to sit back and watch. He had heard the growing shrieks of the SJW harpies at the gates of Gamer, yet had remained silent himself. He had stood by in awe as the clan of Maga swept across the land. Not yet! His mind whispered, but now, now, he knew it was time. He has no name. He just has his declared U.S. government security intelligence level. Q. The calm before the storm, his message began. Cryptic words spill forth in digital ink. What did they mean? Nothing. Gibberish all, but for some reason this post was chosen above all others. Bonkers and unfounded prophecies you can find in poll by a small YouTuber and a couple of 4chan moderators to highlight. And this tiny little seed, Miss Bun, so tiny. I suppose they couldn't have known what would have sprung forth, except, like, anyone paying attention probably knew what was happening. Like, I could see two years ago that this was turning into a problem fast, and yet somehow... No one else did. (laughs) So ends this tale's telling, though its writing goes ever on. Well, Finn. (laughs) That was epic. Dramatic. I'm looking forward to the Peter Jackson three movie (laughs) version of it. It was great. I I really enjoyed that. It was deep. Um, So in layman's terms, 
QAnon started as a joke or a troll post on the website 4chan. And a few right moderators and pundits and reactionary influencers made it a whole lot bigger. So, but a few right moderators and pundits slash reactionary influencers made it way bigger than what it should have been. Right. Uh, so when I, <laughs> QAnon, when people ask, you know, well, what do they believe? That you got the usual, you got the classics, you got, you know, cannibalism. Pedophilic sex trafficking, baby eating. Oh, because baby eating is a natural thing. Well, it is for QAnon. It's for, well, actually, no, I guess QAnon is the ones trying to stop it. It's so hard to keep track of. Isn't there something to do with like people bathing in blood, baby's blood, so that they become younger? Yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift apparently is doing it. I'm surprised. She's gorgeous. She looks fantastic. She's so cute. Keep going, Tay Swizzle. I love her. She's. Okay. <laughs> that was so bitchy. That was so bitchy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please keep that in. I love how sassy that was. Okay. okay. Um, <clears throat> QAnon, I think what's really interesting about it, and for the last few years, I think for QAnon, you kind of have to start going back a little bit further And look at all of the conspiracies, the sort of internet-based conspiracy groups. I think probably the best known is the Flat Earther Movement. (laughs) That one makes me laugh. Like, how do you think a rocket works? Anyways, don't get me started on that rant. You think rockets are real, Bunny? Please. (laughs) They're holograms and they don't exist. Wow. Okay, so we're on that train. It's all coming together. Oh, man. I had no idea. Uh, I am so you have things like this flat earth movement and all these other movements that were sort of dotted around and they had a niche group but a fringe. dedicated group fringe. yeah very fringe but you know dedicated and large enough group and as time goes by as usually happens with conspiracy theories they start running out of steam because they start basically proving themselves wrong whenever they go out to prove their conspiracy right and so people tend to drop off and I've found that QAnon almost came in to 4chan like this giant sponge and just started, it just went full Megazord. It became (laughs) this giant robot made up, this giant conspiracy made up of like multiple other smaller conspiracies that then joined together to form the Uber conspiracy, the Megazord conspiracy Q, which is all of them and yet really none of them. Yeah, it's you know, it's just like the satanic panic. Theory's not based in evidence. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at the movement and you're seeing reoccurring themes. And one of that big theme is the boogeyman in the saber complex. Just like you said, with all these little tiny other elements that kind of come together. It's like yeah. this big <clears throat> slosh stew of conspiracy theories sizzling mm-hmm. with no proof. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, going... Uh, a while ago, I was, I think, trying to make a point, and then I think I got distracted by something else and completely forgot it. But it was about how conservative pundits seem to constantly cite very basic, simple movies: the very black and white, the very hero yeah, yeah. and the savior, yeah. and the the savior and the bad guy, and they truly do look at the world through that lens, which I find incredibly dull. You just 
totally blew up my world. What? Did I? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I never noticed that. What? That they do that? Yeah. If... Oh my god, I'm a sheeple. <laughs> it's okay. I feel really, really. That's why you're coming out here to the meadow with me. I have an Where we can be free. <laughs> free. Whoops, bump oh, the table. We're I'm trying... sorry. I was so excited. Yeah, so we have other things that other things that got caught up in it, of course, was 9-11 stuff. Um, uh, Area 51 is kicking around always. I and like that one. Area 51, I'm still disappointed in the human race for failing, failing to show up on the day to raid Area 51. You had one job, humanity. One job only, and you suck. You failed. Fucked it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and of course, lizard people. That is one of my favorite ones. When oh I took God. a class in university, I actually, on conspiracy theories, I wrote a paper on the lizard people just because really? of the hilarity of the whole concept. My favorite one is the queen and have videos of her eyes changing and things like that, yeah. If I could be a lizard person, I'd be one with one of those ruffles on my neck. So that way, if I get angry, it can be like, <laughs> just chill out. How useful that would be in society? People would think I'm so much bigger than I am and be afraid and leave and leave me alone. Yeah, it would right? be It'd excellent, be if only. But I'm not saying, now, if you're a lizard person, please don't feel offended. I'm not saying, you know, I don't want to invalidate your existence, your you, you know, you do count. Uh, I just don't feel that perhaps lizard people are the ones running everything. Oh, yeah. That was very PC of you. Well, you know, I'm trying to be inclusive. So basically what you're saying is it's all conspiracies are welcomed in this movement. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. New ones always popping up too. <sighs> There's always a new one on the, on the, in the pipe, ready to go. And I always am really excited to hear about and I'm always more excited to watch nothing happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, touche, touche. So basically, this movement kind of has opposing sides. They're demonized. So in this case, it's the elite versus the normal people. If you can call and them often that. in populism, there is a class element oh, totally. of elite versus people. Well, and I, I kind of like to refer to it as like the holy war. If you think about... They don't satanic panic, you know, and now, you know, they are the, the, the movement is the most moral movement and they reign over everyone else. Oh, so it's, them. they do, it does have a bit of a ring of crusadeness to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That, that's what they see themselves as going on is yeah. we are doing this to save people and the people being quote unquote saved are like, no, we're good. Really? Yeah. You can piss off anytime now. Yeah. Cause you're annoying. So it's still that good versus ego, evil and conspiracy, regardless of the part. And the thing about this um, movement is it doesn't matter what party affiliation you have. Mm -hmm. This movement seems to attract those people either on the far left, like the guy that stormed the, the capital and he. The only, Q shaman? Yeah, the Q shaman. He's totally left wing. <laughs> He's not left wing. Why? Because he eats organic food. He's left wing. Like, come on, honey. <laughs> Okay, maybe, maybe a, little, a little judgy there. I will give you that. That, that, that I deserve. Um, my favorite is that 
they believe Black Lives Matter is fronted by Joe Biden. Yes, the man uh, uh, everywhere around America, African-American people have a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. and Joe Biden on them all. They're two two men who saved them. Yeah, like what a racist bunch of bullshit. I, I just get so lost at words over this kind of thing because I can't wrap my head around people who have a problem with other people asking to be treated like humans. That's the thing. Like, just be nice to people. Don't be a dick is my favorite saying. It's my life. right to be a dick as a it's as a free American who's not an American, dick. who's actually a Canadian. <laughs> uh, I know, eh? Yeah. It's, yeah. You know what, eh? It's a boot time we started talking about it's that, a boot eh? Time, eh? What is that accent? That's not a Canadian accent. (laughs) (laughs) We can't do a Canadian accent. It's probably because we have a Canadian accent. Do we? I don't know. Tell us. Do we have a Canadian accent? This is Denny's voice. This is Bunny's voice. You let us know. You tell us. You're the experts. I don't know. I think that we sound, hate to say this, more American because where we live. But. Yeah. Well, uh, Yeah. Uh, sorry. Anyways, so, off, off the topic. tangent. The- oh yeah. By the way, that's a little something that uh, we do here. Uh, we call it chasing butterflies yes. here in the meadow. When every now and then, just a pretty butterfly goes by, and you got to chase it. You got it. It doesn't matter if it has nothing to do with your current goals or what you're doing. Sometimes you just got to go chasing that butterfly, baby. Yeah, that butterfly. Is- but we're back. We are. We're butterfly back. gone, and back to th- something that actually matters. Black lives matter. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, and I just, the whole thing with, I, I just. Oh, race between their take on immigrants, their take on Black Lives Matter, their take on anything that is not white as being an attack against white people. It's It's like, just because you're helping another group doesn't mean I'm cutting down you. Yeah, I never understood that because, you know. There's only so much pie. And right now, we the white people have the most pie. And we yeah, don't want to give up suck. any of our pie. We suck. Well, yeah, we can. We can suck pretty bad, but... I, I just... I don't know. I've treated people equal all my life, and it, the whole concept just really confuses me. I think with Black Lives Matter and uh, the concept of it being a front to fund Joe Biden, which just... That's so ludicrous. This is an example of propaganda of how the Republicans in the U.S., especially in the last election and the election before that, made use of false propaganda and they don't spread it themselves. They just put it out there into the ether and because they know it's going to spread. Well, it's like Trump saying, I had thousands of people at my rally and Joe Biden didn't. And I'm like, yeah, well, Joe Biden was actually being a responsible citizen and having rallies with people in cars outside of the White House. Meanwhile, you're breaking all of the rules that have been put in place to protect people to get that big populist Trump movement going. To give you an idea, I think a lot of people, especially if they're American, might be a little confused about our very anti-Trump rhetoric, given <laughs> that uh, especially you've openly declared conservatism as uh, being your political standpoint. Uh, he, uh, the thing is, I think in Canada, definitely of the people I speak to on the conservative side, more of them than 
not dislike Trump. Yeah. More, most of them, in fact, most of them see him as basically having destroyed the right wing political movement for years to come. Yeah. He's made a label on us as being bigots, all of the above. Well, and- he did, but also some people in the actual party have also worked pretty oh, hard at helping earn that title. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And they're awful human beings. But that being said, not everybody is like that. And No, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. But back to kind of the QAnon, um, they do believe that Black Lives Matter fronted Joe Biden. And their messaging says the movement is his movement and Black Lives Matter are trying to divide which is really interesting because last I checked, Black Lives Matter has been around for a minute. It's been around for years. Like it's, it has, and it, it, it and didn't spring up last summer. It yeah. existed already. Well, it's like the Black Panthers; they've existed forever. Yeah, well, long ass time. Long yeah. ass time, you know. So you know, yeah. and just because they haven't been as broad and mainstream yeah. or had as much support doesn't mean that they weren't there doing their job before. And exactly. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. So the other thing they believe in is pedophilia and sex trafficking. When she says that, she doesn't mean they believe it's a good thing. They, no, yeah. That, yeah. The, what they believe is that it's a massive problem uh, in, particularly in elite circles. And they use pedof- pedophilia, especially, I think, has been a massive boogeyman forever. Any, whenever you want to demonize a group, first thing you do is send out propaganda accusing them of pedophilia. Because it's Ooh. the thing that people <clears throat> freak out the most about, I think, probably more than almost anything else. I think so. And I don't know if it's... And, and they see, though they believe it's the elites that are doing it and they're sacrificing children and using their blood and all this crazy antics that is not going on. But it, it does... The cabal. Like, the cabal. Isn't that what it's called? They, they yeah, call it the, the cabal. cabal. Yeah. And it's it's basically the huge mistrust of elites, academics, summer officials. And, you know, they, they have... Like issues with George Soros, Bill Gates, Allison Cooper. Alice, did you mean Anderson Cooper? Oh, Anderson, <laughs> Allison Cooper. Oh my goodness. Hey, Alice Cooper's cool. Speaking of uh, Satanists, he is cool. I've seen him live. No, no way. Yeah. Oh, it's actually pretty neat. I hear he puts on quite the show. He did. It was at the the stadium. Butterfly. <laughs> yeah, butterfly. Sorry about that. Uh, the Clintons and the Obamas. And I'm not going to lie. I There are some people on that list I sure as hell have some problems with well, myself. I, Cl- and, Clinton, I but it's one thing to have issues with someone. It's quite another to jump to baby-eating, blood-bathing, pedophile, Seems a bit sex st- trafficking. It's a big jump. Oh, it's a big extreme, for sure. Um, they also believe, of course... Trump is the American hero. He right. is the savior. He is God. Far as a God. Not the God. Don't you dare. Because yeah. the God is the only God. There's The oh. fundamentalist Christian movement that supports Trump is significant. They truly believe he is sent by God. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I'm not. That's <laughs> crazy. Um, I did not hear that. No? No. That... that just shook my whole being. It's it's really interesting watching after I remember after the election happened, watching the tremendous amount of MAGA cope that was out there, just plentiful, 
that uh, some of my favorite were the preachers, like those televangelist scumbag preachers getting on stage, talking about how God's plan is for Trump to win. And then he loses. And then they're like revising what God's plan is (laughs) just on the fly. Okay. looks like we're not quite up on what God's plan is. I mean, as a Catholic, I'm really happy that the Pope did not, you know, tell us that Trump was a savior and might have had to leave the church. No, I I think the Pope was pretty much not a fan from day one. Yeah, I agree. From what I could tell, it's hard to tell. He's got, the the Pope's got a good poker face. He does, but he's also actually one of the more liberal. Anyways, okay, (laughs) another butterfly. Um, They also, what I understand is Q follows, um, they don't, Reconcile a relationship between their greatest hero, Trump, and one of the biggest villains, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein, if you go through Q stuff, there's some names that pop up over and over and over again, and uh, good old Jeffy Epps is one of them. Of course he is, because he kind of, after they found He's him, kind of a monster. <laughs> he is a monster, I will be Was, honest. was. Oh yeah, he's dead, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, I know, and totally by his own hand, too. <laughs> Yeah, because that's what they believe. <laughs> um, you would you would think that's not what I believe. I don't believe he would kill himself. <laughs> I don't either. I think it was uh, something happened there. I can I have no way of saying what, but something happened. Either he either someone killed him or he was allowed to kill himself. Yeah. Well, the world won't miss that. No, though I would have liked seeing his day in court for. The poor victims. Yeah. And plus to uh, take down some other names on top of it. Well, that's probably where he killed himself. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we're going down that rabbit hole. Okay. Um, so, yeah. They, they failed to see that connection between them. And I just, I don't understand. There's actual evidence of them being on a plane. I just. Yeah. The fact that I, it's no secret that Jeffrey Epstein and Trump knew each other. I mean, when, when Jizwell Max Wayne or whatever the fuck that. Cunt's name is Jiswell. Yeah, Jiswell. Is that his actual name? No, her name is her name is something like that, but that's what I call her because that's what I call her. Just fuck her, <laughs> bitch, Giswell. freaking pimp whore. Okay. Sorry, angry. Very I get, angry. I get. See, actual sex trafficking does make me mad. Yeah, me so too. me too. I'm not saying. So, and this is an example of why it's so easily weaponized yeah. because it is emotional, and you do get instantly yeah. Yeah, triggered. triggered by it. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's something that's really easy to exploit. But yeah, Trump. I mean, we, Epstein was his wingman. They very openly talked about that they were friends. I mean, him and Billy Clinton were good pals too. Uh, but. This whataboutism, it's like, yeah, well, he was also friends with Bill. It's like, how about they all are pieces of shit? Like, Trump, Epstein, Clinton, if they involved themselves in sex trafficking, piece of shit, no excuse. And it's like they just, they pretend it didn't happen. They just deny that he knew him or was close with him. Well, I mean, sometimes I think that's like um, some of like, Forgive me if you're American, but uh, American culture is really obsessed with the elites. And sometimes well, it's success, right? It's yeah. the whole capitalist, you know, yeah. success, yeah. Uh, businessman. Yeah. They get yeah. upset so, and start, you know, hating yeah. on him a bit. Can't blame him. Just, yeah. I just played footsie with you. Is that acceptable? Oh, I liked it. Nice. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah, and like some of the quotes, like even Trump quoted and said that, you know, 
he was a terrific guy. He was fun to be with. Um, he liked beautiful women, you know, and, you know, and, and Trump appears on the flight log for Epstein's plane traveling numerous times and even like verified by Epstein's brother. Oh yeah. Like to, you can't deny that he was there, but apparently you can, you can just be like, you can just choose to ignore it. Yeah. So this whole us versus all, you know, slime bag situation is kind of already, when you look and observe this, already kind of just a bunch of lies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, but we're really just talk, taking a peek at the surface here, and this is a rabbit hole that goes deep. As an aside, please stop using the white rabbit symbolism QAnon, for QAnon. I know it's referring to the Matrix and... Alice in Wonderland, but as a white rabbit, I have to say, it's a bad look for us. Lewis Carroll weeps. (laughs) The biggest thing that has, I think, made Q stand out, and why it's, and we are starting to see it wane a bit from the mainstream news now that Trump's out of office, um, and I think obviously as nothing happens, it continues to wane, and ideally, these guys will end up pairing off but q even if it does even if by the end of this year q and on is just like a fever dream a 2020 fever dream (laughs) then uh even if that is the case it's worth looking at and worth studying because this is the first time in the u.s i've seen a group arise that wanted fascism yeah and that is like kind of terrifying in itself just a little well the last time that happened we had hitler really well there's there's a few places where yeah yeah fascist people in north america well people will point out that you know communism is bad because stalin mao pol pot things like that or or uh capitalism is bad because of the uh you know you have leaders like hitler who in charge but in the end, it's not about the economic system. It's about the fascism. Yeah. The common thread. The No matter what they purport yeah. to be behind Absolutely. or claim to want to do or say their beliefs in, the common thread is always fascism in governments that are just the friggin' worst. Well, and that's the thing. Like, and people <laughs> like a strong leader and they like to follow which is a natural thing sheep yeah and lacunon they they are definitely cult-like and i would argue almost a cult that want authoritarian rule they want um some sort of political daddy to save them all save us cute daddy so let's bring it back to the topic of authoritarian control sure because I'm sure that in most cases, most cults have an authoritarian figure. Jonestown? Jonestown. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, Jonestown. There was an authoritarian control and people drank Kool-Aid and they all died. So why do people, you know, I always ask myself, why do people end up in this situation where, you know, they are in a cult or in a situation where there's cult-like aspects. Or at least where they 
find themselves desiring to yeah. be under authoritarian rule. I don't understand it. I'm the kind of person, if you tell me what to do, I'm going to do the exact opposite. Most people are. Most people will, even if they don't want to do the thing, if you tell them not to do the thing, they'll want to do the thing. I'm it's not. It's like, don't touch the cookie and put the cookie in front of me. I'm going to fucking touch the cookie. Yeah, and I'm going to eat the cookie. Then I'm going to be really sad. Good. That's <laughs> what you get. Next time, don't touch the cookie. Don't eat it, and you'll think. <laughs> so, so I was kind of on our offline discussion when mm. we were originally starting this podcast. We, You had um, indicated there was something called a bite model. Yeah, it's really interesting because I have... I'm have a billion and one side interests by the way uh, while bunny is you know she knows so much about history and all this kind of stuff i know a little bit about a lot of things and not a lot about any one thing that's how well, I, I look at it but uh, one of those things is religion and cults and that always is very interesting to me and the bite model is a really interesting uh sort of tool it isn't obviously 100% but it's a tool you can use almost like a checklist mm-hmm. to go through and see what behavioral emotional thought and information uh things are being followed by a particular group that you're looking at yeah and it's kind and of and we'll leave a description uh in the description we'll leave a link to uh something that describes it so that way you guys can take a look if that's something you're curious yeah. about yeah um there's a few great sites on it. Um, so basically the bite model is the psychological reasons why people follow authoritarian rulers. So it would, if you apply it, it could be explanation for Hitler, Stalin, Castro, why these people felt followed them, followed them. Um, so I saw some examples to suggest that the Q movement could also be kind of, uh, you know, classified as a cult movement and with their hero, Trump, which is kind of terrifying in itself. Well, the fact that, and I definitely, when I was going through it, I wouldn't say they are a cult, full stop. Yeah. They aren't. They're sort of a proto-cult. They're, they have the foundation and they are going in the right direction. Yeah. That if Trump so chose, he could probably turn them into a cult. Oh. The thoughts. I've given him ideas. <laughs> As if he is. Stop! Stop! <laughs> Don't give him any more. Oh, oh, that gave me a chill down my spine. So, one of the ones is uh, information control. So, yeah, the I in bite. In this movement, it's evident that information is kind of created that is false, but it also is withheld. Oh. It appears to be withheld. Yeah, there, that one, it yeah. appears it has the appearance of yes, this is a thing, but the only reason we don't know about it is because elite person or group A has withheld the information. Right. And that you can totally see. And they withhold yeah. key information that would help dispel their own false yeah, rumors. Exactly. Um it's also this idea where the conspiracy kind of has an open ended idea and kind of distorts reality in a sense. And- Okay, and, and sort of general thought processes, I would imagine it. Yeah. Do you have any examples of that? Um, well, I have a good friend who actually is involved in this. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is who needs support groups. Friends of QAnon. I know, right? Um, and her or he's 
uh, I think they. they <laughs> we'll use the they. 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 Um, their thought process in logic about this conspiracy mm-hmm. is completely distorted. I could argue blue in my face, <clears throat> but the cabal exists. It's the mental gymnastics they perform. It's the Cirque du Soleil. Of conspiracy theories, the amount of mental gymnastics going on around it. And I, like, I swear, I went for coffee with them, and I went around in circles for like a half an hour trying to show them that this is not factual. It is completely, well, bullshit. And somehow, her thought distortion. There. There. (laughs) There or hers or his. (laughs) Thought distortion was all over the place. And I could not put any common sense in them. They were thoroughly convinced that this was it. The reason that, in my view, when I look at QAnoners and people of this mindset... She's so, super educated. Or he, or she. They. They are super educated. That has nothing to do with being intelligent or educated. Their reality has shifted off of ours. You know, everyone's reality is slightly different than Absolutely. the other person's. But for the most part, we can agree at where around it meets. If people can't even get on board with what reality looks like, you can't use normal evidence and information to convince them because they don't see it as information. Yeah, it's all distorted. Their their whole view of the world is tilted Mm -hmm. and shifted in a way that... It's like if you wanted to talk to someone who was feverently uh, religious Mm -hmm. about something, it doesn't matter what you say, what you can do to prove or not prove your religion or disprove their religion. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Because it's not about what you know. It's about what you think. And that's exactly it. It minimizes academia. It minimizes reliable sources. And Mm -hmm. they only go off of the information of the insider or the outsider. Yeah, they always say, do your own uh, research and uh, find your own sources. And then you find their sources. And it's absolutely insane. It's Look, I'm not a fan of mainstream news in general. I find it to be relatively unreliable. But, and I find myself often having to check them and do follow-up work. I can't just take them at face value. But... The way that they discredit valid sources and give all the credit to anonymous people with no evidence of anything who they've never seen or met or know who even they are. And they trust that above all else. You cannot reason with people in that mindset. I can't. Well, another thing that they do is behavioral control. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, murder, distorted physical reality, kind of what we were already talking about. What we saw, obviously, behavior control. uh, I think one of the earlier behavior control things we started seeing popping up was during the lockdowns uh, when they went after the Michigan governor and there was a plot to kidnap her. That was sort of the first sign of overt, blatant violence that they showed. And then, obviously, you had the actual day of... January 6th, was it? I think so. And uh, they were, they built gallows. They had, did everyone there intend to murder Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence and AOC? Of course not. Of course not. 
But were there people there who did? Oh, yeah. You better damn believe there were. Oh, when they stormed the Capitol? Absolutely. There are people on TikTok I watch. Talking about it. Like, talking about it. And I'm like, you're not going to get arrested. <laughs> and then they did. did. Now, the other thing is thought control. So, like, the black and white thinking, like, you talked about, about, yeah. like, uh, pundits with, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, and very much the good, bad, bad storylines, story. yeah. uh, or unless they do Joker, and, and they, <laughs> the Joker the, obsession the, of the right. It's so, like, I, I friggin' love Joker. Get that out here. I don't like that movie. Uh, oh, I don't mean the movie. I mean oh. the character oh. and everything about him. I, mean, I feel the same way about Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, Joker. Uh, the right wing, the closest they get to Grey is their support of the character Joker and the anarchy <laughs> of that. When, again, it's like you're supporting an asshole. Like, he's a bad guy. <laughs> what are you yeah, doing? It's a murderer. So, and then also the organized insider versus outsider. We already talked about that. Mm-hmm. Use of loaded languages and cliches. Yeah, that's like buzzwords, right? Mm-hmm. So Trump was like the freaking master of buzzwords. And it's always interesting to watch people's speech patterns, especially when they're successful and they're not a traditionally great orator. Like yeah. if you listen to when you listen to say Barack Obama talk when he first came out, it was very obvious the man yeah. was a good public speaker yeah. and was very smooth. I would not call Trump a great public speaker. He's, he doesn't make sense. He spins in circles. I feel like I'm one to talk. <laughs> My state of being spinning in a circle. Um, his use of language is fascinating. His use of nicknames is yeah. so smart. Whether he means it to be or not, I think he does. it's incredibly effective. Oh, exceptionally effective. I, I think he's fascinating. I mean, my husband and I would watch the rallies because we thought he was fascinating. And as a political scientist, it just, his ability to say something, but not say a lot. To say nothing. And yet. Lots at the same time. Yeah. That people pick up on. It's the same idea. Um, He suggests everything, but says nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's fascinating. Um, Rejecting, um, you know. Rational analysis, critical thinking, constructive criticism, blaming alternative beliefs as evil or not useful. Right. So in this case, the left, if you're very, although QAnon, I would argue, has all different kinds of um, enemies and, 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 and political affiliations. Mm. But, um, you know, uh, emotional control. Also. Actually, going back to the thought control, yeah, yeah, you were yeah. just saying there, if you don't mind, oh, uh, thought control. And this is something you find across a lot of political movements that don't have a lot to stand on themselves is they work very hard at making their enemy seem both completely incompetent yeah. and yet all powerful. Oh, totally. And it's this complete dichotomy. It's, it's, they're yeah. not related. Like if you're that stupid, and incompetent you can't accomplish these goals (laughs) like that you are saying they're accomplishing unless you're trudeau which one (laughs) trudeau the elder or trudeau the lesser well trudeau the lesser i think his elder was smarter after all he was a lawyer i didn't know either man so i'm currently looking at going to law school and it's freaking hard yeah so um emotional control is another one um, so doubt, social guilt, enemies of the outside world. I would, I don't know. Well, I guess doubt's a huge part in the QAnon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the doubtful of political leaders, mm-hmm. of 
you know, academics, of, you know, pundits, things like that. They're doubtful. Look, I'm a big fan of being the devil's advocate. I do it often to the point that it's, I think, annoying for some people where they're like, you know, you don't have to constantly give me the other perspective to this. Sometimes, though, I need it. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, Well, it's their choice of who to doubt and what to doubt. Right. It's instead of, it's good to practice doubt. It's good to be skeptical of academics, of government officials, of of the media. Like this is all good. It's good to do. But there's having doubt. You have to ask yourself, what evidence would I need to see to convince me otherwise? And if there is no evidence or any logical evidence you could see, then you need to reevaluate your own perspective. Absolutely. And, and, and even social guilt, I think the poor babies being killed would be a good example. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah those and, poor babies. And the enemies of the outside world. So that's the cabal. So mm-hmm. in all, the bite model would definitely suggest that... There's elements throughout oh, that are culty. For sure. I I saw an interesting video talking about the differences between magical seekers and evidence seekers Mm -hmm. uh, talking about doubt and the way people see the world. And they were specifically uh, looking at things like QAnon in this video. I'll link it in the description below. But they talk about how since time began, there's been those who ask questions and answer with what the evidence shows and those who ask questions but require only the answer fit their comfortable world narrative. So in every clip of a QAnon or being interviewed, they always have the same answer when confronted with the complete absence of evidence. They say there's no evidence it's not true, even though there often is evidence there's not (laughs) that it's not true. Um, It's so they go that way anyway. Uh, But they're usually incorrect and their claims can be dismantled using evidence and research that's readily available. So you took the words right out of my mouth. And uh, it doesn't matter what you say to these people. It appears that they will never change their mind. They have. It's sort of similar to if I, I hope no one's out there been in this situation. If you know someone who has an addiction of some sort, they truly have to decide themselves that they're ready and that that's what they, that they're ready to take their reality and shift it as back Mm -hmm. to normal as they can no matter how hard that might be. Well, it's exactly like a good example is, um, you know, uh, the, the fundamental Church of Latter-day Saints, the FDLS. The, yeah. The Mormons. Mormons. Um, I have a lot of good friends that are Mormon. The fundamental Mormon church, they, it takes a long time for um, people to admit that, that they need to leave. And no matter what they do, you know, or say they can't, um, you know, get them out. And actually, we, I had a good friend that ended up in that situation. Oh dear. And uh, moved out, had multiple husband or multiple sister wives, and it took a lot for her family, as a Mormon family, to change her mind. And eventually, when she decided after physical abuse and came to the reality that she had to leave the cult. Uh-huh. And so. It's the same thing. It, it, people get brainwashed into an alternative reality. And in some cases, it's on them, you know? Well, it's a combination of them, their own decisions, as mm-hmm. well as other people around them encouraging. Yeah. A lot of them end up isolated in this echo chamber. Yeah. And 
I think one of the biggest things that drives so many of these movements, and it's so sad, is loneliness, is the sense of needing a group to belong in and having being around people who you feel don't judge you and will listen to you. And the thing is, sometimes if you're being judged by people, it's because those people suck. But sometimes if you're being judged by people, it's because the things you're saying and doing are worthy of judgment. Yeah. And when you have more fringe beliefs, you are more on the outside. And so when you find people who are like you, they tend to just glom onto each other. Absolutely. I have no doubt that if I were to go to the U S and say, I worked for, I don't know, the Republican party, I have no doubt that at this point I would go to events all over the country and see the same people Absolutely. showing up. Absolutely. Well, it's the same here, right? Yeah, they would pay to travel because that's yeah. it's a small group, yeah. but they go to everything. And we yeah. see that that's why the NRA is so effective. Right. Uh, it's a relatively small group, but in terms of their populist actions and yeah. presence, they're very much there. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, and it's, you know, it's a dangerous combination that piles into itself and exploits the emotionally vulnerable, really. I think what's surprised pundits and professional political observers, I, I consider myself sort of an armchair social <laughs> anthropologist, um, but many of us have been sitting back and just been interested in how many people have latched onto something that is so obviously a lie. Like when you're getting to stuff like, you know, the belief of a God yeah. or like, that's all fairly nebulous, yeah. but this is, life this is things that are provably false and yet people stick to them a pew research poll uh, that i found i'm going to grab this here it was done recently i found nearly half of americans have heard of the movement of QAnon, and of them 20 percent felt Ooh. the movement was at least somewhat good for the united states i believe that yeah, that was 20% overall, but in terms of party break, yeah. the amount of Republicans that thought it was good was, like, way higher. Well, I saw that one, and even now, after you said that, like, it gave me chills. It's kind of disturbing. And by September 2020, 47% of Americans had heard of the movie. 77% of Democrats suggested that it was bad for the country, opposed to those on the right at 26% said it was bad for the country. Only a quarter of them think it's bad. I know. Ah! <laughs> yeah. And, and the, like, the only way I can see that is if they think it's not as uh, much of a threat as some people think it is. That's the only way I can even remotely consider saying that you don't think they're bad. Maybe it's, like, the people that, like, because you know how, like, when they do so, uh, social, social polling, mm. there's always, like, I strongly agree. I somewhat disagree. Yeah. Because yeah. in social science, you have to have a spectrum of ideas in mm-hmm. order to create the data. So it that just from observation from my stats background, mm-hmm. it might be that the rest was neutral. They didn't really care. And this is part of the problem with statistics, right? Is statistics, all they can really do is give you the numbers and then yeah. it's up to us to read into the context and find out more. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's where I send, I, I wouldn't be surprised though, if the number of people who actively supported and thought Q was good would be as high as maybe even 5% of Americans, oh, which absolutely. is, I know it's not big. I actually think that's huge. I actually like, it, it's probably more like less than 1%, but if it's bigger than that, it's a problem. 
Yeah, yeah. And when Americans were asked to describe QAnon, 41% said it's, it was a group, and 44% felt it was a conspiracy theory. At least that saves that. Right. Yeah, so they, like, people obviously, everyone's got Q's number, and the fact that it's been very, they've well, been very obvious for a while. Well, it's starting to spread globally. Like, even in that study, 11% of people in Germany. Oh God, it was true. And nineteen Germany, no, we've been down this road before. Nineteen <laughs> percent. It doesn't end well for anybody. Please. I know, right? And nineteen percent in Germany, there was something there. Like, why is Q going globally? I just—is it because globalism that helps push populism movements? I don't know. I think it's pretty obvious what the culprit is here. People can't handle the internet. We're too dumb. We yeah. can't handle this level of communication and information input. We need our internet taken away. I agree. Let's put us on time out. Yeah. We're going back to books, people. Oh, I prefer books anyway. Turn in your laptops. Like, my question is why? Why, people? Why? I just... Well, there's... Well, you have the mysterious concept of an insider. Yeah. You have the taking down the system narrative. You know, you're the rebel. You're the... You're you're the the fighter, the freedom fighter. I am fighting for my freedom by putting in a fascist leader. A thing that fascinates me is that these big movements like this seem to come up when there's some turmoil in the world. Well, it's not surprising. I think people... When people are scared, they're more susceptible. And when people feel they don't have control, one of the first things they want is to feel like there's control. I truly believe that's a big reason why people believe so strongly in a deity. It's the idea that the world is just spinning chaos and it's all just random is extremely frightening for most people. And they have to think that it's easier for them to think there's someone in charge than just it's just madness and chaos and things happen. Well, it's probably why I'm Catholic. I like to believe that there's an afterlife. That and the sweet communion wafers. Snack time. They're actually really dry. They look gross. They're, they're disgusting. And, and they're actually gluten free, which makes nice. But what makes you wonder what the hell they're made of? Right. I guess. No, Jesus was just ahead of his time. He's like, I know people are going to be celiac, so I'm making myself out of a gluten-free bread. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And the thing that just I am so shocked with is that how much this movement has grown and people grasping at straws. And, and I think that has a lot to do with it because life is so hard right now with COVID and like we were talking in the beginning, I haven't seen you in a year basically face to face. We've just done zoom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a minute between that, the, the economic problems that have been happening in the U S for a while now that that will be a topic for another day. Uh, (laughs) Stuff to say about capitalism. (laughs) Well, and it, it, it's and why they chose Trump to be their savior, I'll never know. It's like looking down a barrel of a loaded gun and hoping the trigger doesn't go off. Yeah, that's equivalent, provided that the one holding the loaded gun in this analogy is a, I don't know, chimp, baboon? What's Maybe. funnier? Uh, a chimp. The, the word chimp just makes me laugh. Does it? Yeah. But baboon's got that ass. That sexy ass. <laughs> that sexy baboon ass. <laughs> that sexy swollen red ass. <laughs> Yeah, baby. Some female baboon. That's what he said. (laughs) 
so yeah, um, it, it concerns me the amount of people that of are affected. Yeah. And and you know, we've watched video links on, and we'll 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 put all our links down below. Oh, so we'll do our best that any research or yeah. videos that we reference. We'll do our best from here and hopefully moving forward to include links in the description yeah. because you guys, you you want to do your own research. Absolutely. You don't know us. From Adam. We're just Bunny and Dinny. We're two fluffers in a field. Yeah, exactly. The hell do we know? <laughs> so, like, we have one on CNN. Talks about how family members are being affected by those with Q teachings. Oh, my God. It's it's so sad. And it's upsetting. It's the same feeling you get when you watch things about other people who've been lost to yeah. cults or causes. Yeah. Or uh, you see it, or, or people talking about if you want to go back to sort of more the 2001 kind mm-hmm. of era, there were a lot of issues with people being brainwashed online mm-hmm. and leaving their family to go overseas and joining uh, Muslim extremist groups uh, at um, the time. My husband actually had a friend that ended up doing that. Really? Yeah. Um, he's not in jail, but mm. yeah, he was a Canadian white grew up as a Catholic and uh, decided he wanted to be Muslim, change, which is fine. You can of course, so yeah. believe in what you believe. And uh, But then he got online on some really bad discussion groups, and eventually he went over. And... Peer pressure. Yeah. From grade school, we learn yeah. about how dangerous peer pressure is and how powerful yeah. it can be. And I don't think we can ever underestimate the power of social Pressure. pressure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and so my biggest thing is like I have people that mm. I know that are following Q. Mm. And my my concern is how do you help these people, right? And can you help these people? Can you help these people? Because it's really distressing. They they yeah. thoroughly believe these crazy conspiracy theories. And you just want to shake them and just but Yeah, but you can't fix that person, you yeah. know? And I've tried using examples and showing that there's definitely a mis- disconnect in your ideas here. And I try to be empathetic, but how how do we talk about this? Ding. Sorry. Well, now we have to start from the beginning. I'm sorry, dude. The entire podcast from go. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it was <laughs> You know, and so you know, it, it, it's. Well, how do you? If I think a lot of people have, if not now, friends or family involved in this or something similar to this, if not now, maybe in the future, right. you'll also have friend or family who ends up in this situation. And there's a few things I think to keep in mind when dealing with this. Um, one is the fact that, they, like we said, they have to want to change. They have to be ready. They have to see it for themselves. You can't, fix them. you can't force them mm-hmm. to see it. So... That's the first thing. The next thing is don't abandon them. No. The biggest thing that drives these people closer together is losing everyone else in their life. Absolutely. And they have to feel, even if you go, I can't be with you when you're believing this, but please, when you're ready, I am here for you. Mm-hmm. I love you. I, mm-hmm. you know, I want you to be okay. Let them know you're never going to not be there for them. Um, so that way, if they ever do have it rattling around in their head, they'll remember that and hopefully come to you at mm-hmm. a time when they're feeling ready to make that move. But it is going to be at their behest. It's going to have to be them making that choice and them making that decision. And mm-hmm. like dealing with someone who has an addiction or someone who's in 
I mean, anyone's had kids, uh, might have had a kid, have a friend, it's a bad group of friends, you know? Absolutely, and so you just have to be empathetic, be kind, you know, there is a thing saying called killing it with kindness, and and I think that is the best approach. Yeah, it's, and it does get frustrating. Oh, absolutely. And it's very easy, especially when you're online. I think it's super easy to lose your temper with these people. It's super easy to lose your temper online anyway, because there's the whole thing where you can be anonymous and be a dick and get away with it or go to facebook jail like me last week oh yeah god i hate facebook do not miss it at all yeah i'm thinking about getting rid of it yep you should so basically what we're saying is please go talk to someone about you know their beliefs and and show them the impacts of their actions and do it in a kind of an understanding way that give them the evidence and then let them sit with it Absolutely. It's it's going to be up to them. They're going to have to want to look at it. They're going to have to want to make that decision. You cannot force it. And at the same time, obviously, you don't want to feed into their delusions. You don't want to encourage these delusions. You don't want them. It's a rough place to be in. And I'm fortunate that none of my family are friends. Right. Well, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it. There's I, one mutual friend we have. Oh, is there? Yeah. And on top of that, now I think about it, I think I might have a family member who is, but is being low-key about it. Mm-hmm. So basically, what I'm saying is, please talk to someone, be conscious of their feelings, be empathetic. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get mad and punch a pillow later and yell into the void, yeah. you fucking moron, why would you leave? You yeah. want to get that frustration out, you do you, but don't do it towards them. Because... Yeah. It will push them deeper, it will push them away, and it will make the process more difficult. Absolutely. So, in all, QAnon is a crazy... It's fun. It's fun. It was a good time. I think we're all having a good time with QAnon. I think so, too. It was a really interesting talk, and uh, thank you for joining us on our first ever podcast. Yeah, like we said, we're not totally sure what we're going to be... Focusing on, we know we love politics, we know we love history, we know we love chatting. He loves conspiracy theories, clearly. <laughs> yeah. And the two of us are excited to, you know, this first one we didn't talk a ton about of our ourselves because it's our first one and we yeah. want to get a feel for it. We want to, neither of us has done anything like this before, mm. so, it, so if you could be as kind as possible with your criticisms <laughs> so we don't cry that would be splendid and we really want to hear from you guys what do you guys want to hear about what do you like when you heard this podcast were there moments that you're like that's good that's gotta go tell us we want to hear it yeah because if you like the video we want you to like it if yeah. you dislike the video we do well we don't want you to dislike it but we yeah. still would encourage that interaction because that is how we're going to learn it's how we're going to get better at this right now i'm assuming this is like i've going to be editing this i have no idea how it's going to turn out i'm sure it'll be fine oh yeah whatever (laughs) (laughs) but yeah just let us know um you know follow us hit the like button we really hope that we can be friends and that uh, we can uh, continue down this amazing journey together as best friends and as podcasters. Sweet. Oh my God. Imagine if one day we're actually good at this. That would be amazing. <laughs> it would be. So thank you for joining us and have a great morning. Have a beautiful morning, my lovelies. Okay. Bye. Bye.